Ekdong! Before we get started, I wanted to jump in and explain that, as usual, it seems we've re- we're having some production problems here in the early parts of the year, so we'll be going to an every other week model for the next couple shows. I should have collections out on the weeks that we don't have new episodes for, so you won't be without content, I promise. Now, let's get started with the conclusion of our coverage of Rogue Trooper, Tales of New Earth, Volume 1. Dong Earthlets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 Collected Episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2000 AD thrills and storylines in one place, so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion produces, or just hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. Let's knife! It's the third of three collection episodes covering the giant rogue trooper Tales of New Earth Volume 1, and will take us all the way from Fort Nur- uh, through Fort Nero, which we started last section, and up to and including the encounter with Major Magnum and into the Biowire fields of New Earth. We'll be going from Prague 293 to 317, and covering the 83 and 84 annuals as well. All these stories in the progs were written by Jerry Findlay Day with art by Brett Ewens and Cam Kennedy, and the annual stories were both written by Alan Moore with art by Brett Ewens and Jesus Redondo. You can get the Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth collection from the Rebellion web store or your preferred bookseller. So, freshen up those stereotypes, because we're headed for Fort Nero! It's probably my favorite Rogue Trooper story, finds the genetic infantryman making his way through an isolated fortress on the edge of New Earth, where all of the inhabitants have gone completely mad. It's jokes I only sort of get, and cool rover droids against an army of crafty norts, and oh man, it's a lot of fun. After that, we'll meet a high-ranking figure from Rogue's past and join Professor of Dark Future Shocks Alan Moore for meditations on the nature of conflict. Should be a great time, and of course, thanks to Steve Green, who sat in for our 84 annual coverage. Episode 90, Progs 293-296, to December 1982. Thrill five, rogue trooper. I like your, I like your business. <laughs> Script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, lettering robot Bill Nuttall. So let's get some more backstory of Fort Nero here, Fox. Yeah, man, um, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, in the early days, the different sectors were not only cut off from Souther Command, but also from each other. So they used rogue runners to send messages to each other. But as the story, yeah, as the siege wore on, and uh, DG and DGD or don't give a damn syndrome set in, the oh. robots, the the uh, robes messages were used were sent less and less as everybody just started playing more video games and stuff. Um, <laughs> these days, they're almost completely extinct. We see a pair being used for dueling in the Frank sector. Uh, not cool, man. Nope. Robe, uh, a rogue asks the robe runner, the robe runner, robe, Rob S. Pierre. Oh my God. A lot of RO yeah. sounds in there. Uh, <laughs> but he asks Rob S. Pierre if he can take rogue to other sent to other sectors of the fort. And Rob agrees. But first rogue has to be the guest of honor. What? Better than getting shot. Totally. 
But first, Rogue has to be the guest of honor at a grand ball where he'll receive the Legion d'honneur. Or the, uh, you know, it should be the Legion d'honneur, but you know. We're, we're French guys. We're, we're, Amer- we're English guys speaking in French accent, so it sounds a little different. <laughs> yeah, he'll have to leave in secret, so get ready, Rob. I love that he's staying in the Versailles. <laughs> Everything's so, like, really just trying to be, like, terrible French accent stuff. It's real good. Um, it's really good. Rogue heads out to the ball, uh, hangs out before the ball, drinking a cognac with a Y, and uh, watching the movie Beaujest, uh, based <laughs> on the French foreign legion movie Beaujest. Um, Gunner's really loving the movie. Um, all the Franks are headed to the ball, but Rogue looks out and sees that the Norts have fired some seal burster missiles. Oh, God, that's not good. They'll kill everyone at the ball. Rogue and Gunner shoot down most of the missiles, but some get through. Rogue runs down to try to help the people, but it turns out that they're all suited up because it was a masked ball. And then everybody starts doing that thing where everybody starts laughing and it's like, whoa, these dudes are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rogue gets his medal and then heads back to his hotel room. Um, The movie where they do that whole um, like place empty guns on the battlement to fake your numbers trick gives him an idea. And Rogue leaves Gunner behind to take a break from the action while Rogue, Helm, and Bagman head out with Rob S. Pierre to visit the sector of the Lime of the Limmies. <laughs> uh, Gunner needs a break. I think we can all agree with that. But man, leaving your gun behind seems a little foolhardy. That's my, that's all I'm saying. I mean, at least he's got a backpack that can throw grenades and maybe a knife. But that, yeah, that true. gun seems to be like real good in a lot of situations. Like you, it's you're, it's yeah. got a razor blade for a strap. It's true. Uh, so we once more go back to the history of Fortress Neuropa, uh, where a hole was blasted in part of the shield wall, and only the bravery of the Limmies was able to hold off the advance until the wall layer b- before the uh, before the wall builders could arrive. It's it, it's Limmy. It's obviously supposed to be Limey. Um, you know, I'm trying to pronounce it as it's written, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Rogue want. Rogue wonders what madness has spread to the Limeys as he and Robespierre make their way through the waste of ultra-thick chem clouds and wreckage of old tanks and robots between sectors when suddenly they're attacked by a Nord robot! Oh man, it's real big, it's got weird eyes. Not great. It, yeah, it attacks Rob and Bagman's explosives would be too powerful to be too used against it. Instead, Rogue grabs an old battle standard and trips the bot yeah. into a pool of acid. So great. Yeah. Uh, so they're safe, but Rogue worries about what the Limeys will be. Could they be samurai dudes or like knight dudes? <laughs> um, Rogue crests the line and enters Limey territory and finds them... Like, dressed for summer camp, I guess? Hi-ho! They're wearing these coats that have clearly some connotation for Brits, but I don't mean that much to me, I must admit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on <laughs> Like, they got, they're like, so like... Hats. Yeah, they're all wearing coats that have, like, a monogram on them and stuff. They say they're red coats, which obviously is what they called the British troops, like, during, like, the, the Revolutionary War and stuff. But in this case, their red coats seem to be more, like, sort of a uniform for a, a holiday camp, I guess. Yeah, one of them's got like a little spinny hand party crank thing going on. Yeah. It's 
Everybody's Weird. partying in the in in the, in the limey section. People are going to shows. They're getting chalk ices, all that kind of stuff. Um, they've okay. given. Hey, can't complain. They've given up on technology. Basically, they're using like microprocessors as money to buy candy. Um, oh God! The head of the camp, a guy who's like bald with an organ and a giant bow tie, tries to interest Rogue in local activities. But of course, Rogue is interested in fighting, so he's directed to the specialized, the guys who still fight and battle under a mailed fist and a flag reading "Who Tears Wins," which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like the British commandos had the motto, who dares wins. Um, and so who tears wins is good for New Earth because if you, because you win if you tear your opponent's suits, basically. Pretty great. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, Rogue agrees to come along with them on a morning raid into a Nort encampment, but is dismayed when they all show up in like fox hunting gear, complete with trumpets. So bizarre like this it, whole thing is weird it's pretty weird i love it uh still at least they're actively fighting rogue heads out with them hoping they fight as well as they dress next time i wow. uh, wish i was in dixie hooray hooray exactly but yeah man i'm loving this fort neuro story all these weird ass uh sectors that are full of like you know random jokes about different like european guys and stuff is pretty funny um i've kind of been waiting for rogue trooper to get here without knowing that i've been waiting for that yeah i could you know i mean so much for of uh, i i know especially your early problems with rogue trooper was that it was so serious that having this kind of silly storyline seems like exactly what you know, is exactly what the bill had called for, you know? Yeah, it's, and like, so, it, serious is fine. It's just like, intersperse it with, with some like character growth or something like that, which he eventually mm-hmm. got. Like, I, yeah. I liked that we came to a close, for instance, with his long running storyline, kind of. Or at least uh, they, yeah, we managed to meet the Trader General and move that to like the next level and stuff. Exactly. Like, you don't have to go full weird. This is like believable in universe. It's got like, um, I mean, the, they're behind a massive wall of super cannons and shit. Like, it's great. Yeah. And I love the way this whole thing works out. Anyway, like. It's real, real fun. Stuff. Episode 92. Progs 297. To 300, January 1983. Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. So script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, and Brett Ewins, letting robot Bill Nuttall. Hey, let's uh, let's go on a fox hunt, not fox hunt. <laughs> yeah, not that kind of, jeez, be, be careful, buddy. <laughs> I do. You have no idea how much I have to, like, be cautious around British people. <laughs> They draw on their caps, grab some weird horn and a fucking gun and some dogs, and then I'm running through a forest. It's like, God, I'm just trying to get to work. Definitely, I will say that since um we've we've met the the uh, the the limeys, the limeys, I've done some research on uh, British holiday camps. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess like the joke is that they were going to say that, oh, like we've become a red coats. And that was sort of a joke because like, you know, because the red coats are what, what you, th- you think of British soldiers being like in uh, in the American Revolutionary War. Right. With like, right. the red things and stuff. But I guess apparently like the name of staff members in like British holiday camps are also red coats. Like if you work at a holiday huh. camp, like then you ha- have a, uh, a a red coat as part of your uniform. And there's like other levels where there's like blue coats and 
stuff. Like it's 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 kind of a funny thing because there's a Wikipedia article on it and it lists some famous people who have been like red coats and blue coats, but it does not work very hard to explain what a red coat actually means, which I think okay, is then. one of my favorite kind of Wikipedia articles, I think. <laughs> Anyhow, Rogue's going on a raiding party with the specialists from the Lim E branch of Fort Nero with their uh, top hats and uh, hunting gear and stuff, uh, trumpets. They're going to capture prisoners for intelligence. They and have a jolly good time doing it. 100% jolly good. They make their way to the Nort encampment. Uh, where Rogue spots a Nort officer with a strange medal that turns out to be a Dick's E campaign medal. Oh, he was there. We should capture him. Yeah, but before you can tell the the Limeys about that, um, or to grab that, that guy in particular, yeah, the attack starts. Who tears wins? Um, <laughs> the the Dixie vet is uh, hit and wounded, and when Rogue goes to grab him anyway, he gets stopped by the by the Limeys. Because uh, capturing a wounded man just isn't sporting. Uh, and they, like, shame him for this. Yeah, you gotta be, like, you know, you gotta be honorable, man. I guess. Do you? Yes. If you're these guys, you do. It seems like they killed everybody else. Yeah, but they took some guys who weren't wounded prisoner. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's no, I don't. Exactly. I don't understand. Yeah, that's because you don't got good have proper breeding, Fox. That's what I'm trying to say. God breeding Christ. always tells, guys. That's you know. I think we all know that. Uh, Blue blood. <laughs> so, um, Rogue yells at these guys for this, and they insult his genetic breeding. He's on the outs with the limmies. It's like really, man. <laughs> You know, you can't you can't control who your gene parents were. It's true. Uh, but now he's worried that about, about yet another well-planned shock attack against Fort Nero, just like the Norts did in Dixie. God. Yeah. So uh, Rogue and the Chips, they're still pissed about not getting the Dixie prisoner and the uh, and the Limmies or the I don't know, are giving him the cold shoulder as they hang up various trophies and stuff. They're like, do you hear something? Oh, <laughs> Oh, I do believe that Rogue Trooper was here, but now he's not. Mm-hmm. In retaliation, Helm lets out a high-pitched scream that uh, shatters port glasses and the glass of various hunting trophies. This and that was really not cool. This bri- yeah, this brings out the CO who confiscates Helm to pay for the damages. Down Which to I, <laughs> I, he just he's his train of logic. No one takes my equipment, but this time I've got to. Do you know how many times he's, like, just parted with this shit because he feels like he has to? I mean, it happens. definitely happens sometimes. And, you know, Helm's the... people inside of those things. Hey, they should be more useful, man. Helm's just a hat, buddy. He's not (laughs) just just a hat. He's he's also a pillow, and he's good for whapping people. (laughs) I feel like we've changed who's on what side of this argument about Helm, actually. (laughs) That's pretty fair. (laughs) But anyhow... Um, down to just his backpack, Rogue requisitions another Rogue Runner. This one's named Roger, or, or Roger, uh, complete with a bowler hat and umbrella to lead him to the next sector with Rob S. Pierre following along. And man, Roger is real stoked to just be able to do this again. These, all these Rogue Runners are real happy to just be useful because they've watched these humans just get more and more crazy and less interested in, like, doing modern stuff, you know? Yeah. But so they're headed for the Rom sector, and Rogue wonders what they'll be. Roman? Romany? Um, 
as yeah this joke is repeated in the next chapter. It's true. Yeah. As the Nords watch him on long range cameras, he goes, this could cause trouble with their plan, but they've got agents to deal with rogue who have met him before. Yeah. Note. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So Brett Ewins takes over as rogue and the robes make their way through a toxic swamp. Uh, Rogue again wonders if the Rom section will be Roman or Romany, which I think actually might is is repeated just because there's that change of artist from Cam Kennedy to Britt Ewins, mm. and I think it's possible that they both might have gotten like seen the part in the script with this joke and just both done it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. And, and this is as Roger recounts the manly toughness of the Roms early in the war, and then he falls in a pit. Dogs, <laughs> and then he falls in a pit of scum. <laughs> oh God! So I guess Rogue's just got to jump in this pit of scum. Yeah, he's a princess briding this guy out of the swamp. Oh um, my God! <laughs> um. But so no rodents of unusual size. Yeah, well, I don't think they exist. Um, Rogue Man just to pull them out, <laughs> and Bagman does quick repairs. <laughs> Soon enough, Rogue meets the the uh, Rom troopers, and they appear to be normal guys. But they want to hurry back to the base because it's Saturday night. Oh, what does Saturday night mean, boys? At the base, they remove their masks and get out the hair gel. Oh, no. Their CO, Colonel Casanova, arrives. And it's clear that the ROM sector is full of disco freak Romeos. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to do? So many a pompadours. Meanwhile, the Norts are planning to invade and take out Rogue, and they're making a plan with a mysterious off-screen person. Oh, God. So, this time it doesn't end with an off-screen ominous hand. Yeah, there's no hand this time. It's very close to the Tom Tully special, though. Um, <laughs> so, at Nort High Command, there's two leaders, that general and admiral that both architected the Dixie um, offense. They're the ones that Rogue almost assassinated that time. Like, he killed... Mm-hmm. The head of the Sun Legion and the scum soldiers, but the general and the admiral managed to escape. And they're worried that the blue battler will once again mess with their plans. So And so while Rogue stews over a plate of spaghetti and a massive cup of question mark. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna use sonic cannons to activate sleeper cells within Fort Nero to kill Rogue, even as their own plan goes into action, which seems to involve like a, a bicorn hat and a bugle, I guess? Yeah. Um anyhow, back at the Romeo sector, it's time to get your hair right and go nightclub in Colonel in the in the Colonel's custom staff car. Hey, why not? And it's a real nice car. Yeah, it's uh, except that it's one hundred percent full of uh, of uh, aftershave. Oh, so they're meeting up with the neighboring scan sector again. If Rogue can survive the concentrated aftershave in the car at the border, we meet the scan's leader, Brigadier Bjornborg, and their female <sighs> soldiers who are all blonde supermodels. All the male uh, 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 scans are um, based on Bjornborg, the the, t- the tennis player. <laughs> So really, yeah. So it's all just a very Scandinavian sector. Ooh. Mm. So a massive bombard, sonic bombardment rocks the sector, but Rogue is unconcerned. In fact, he like checks Bagman and starts getting down with the locals. These biochips have been cramping his style. And oh man, the, uh, babes. yeah, the scan babes are like, should we dance Yive or the Itherbug? And he says both. <laughs> Which. 
right then. Yeah. Rogue begins his journey to become a dancing queen as the Norts remark that one of their agents will surely be within striking distance of Rogue soon and will kill him as soon as they get the chance. Next time. Blam, blam. Thank you, ma'am. Man, now we know what kind of music Rogue likes, which apparently is disco. I just like how... um, like, yeah, he just meets this sector, and, like, one sector is just guys with pompadours, and the next sector is basically ABBA, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, I only did one this time, but I feel like everybody should be expecting ABBA puns uh, uh, next episode, because I'm going to try to do a bunch. Really? <laughs> and there's some in the actual text. Like, I think they call Rogue a super trooper at some point and stuff like that. Oh, that's it great. should be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Dad Abba. Exactly. Huge, even in '83. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we all remember what, like, uh, what it was. An, it was a real early episode because we were still at the office, and I think oh I, and we God. had to take a chance as the opening song. I think you sang I, that at me for like two hours. <laughs> I I could not get that fucking song out of my head. I was just sitting at my sit my desk, and Fox just Fox just comes over, and without saying anything else, just be like, "Take a chance, take a chance." It's pretty good, (laughs) dude. eh? We uh, we had good times. Oh man! Anyhow, where is that days? Episode ninety three, Progs three hundred and one to three hundred and four, January and February nineteen eighty three. Three hundred four. Rogue Trooper. You're a dancing marine. Beautiful, <laughs> not green. Only 70. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, blue, abadie, abadie. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> I so, it's dance music. Kind it's of. fair. Yeah, fair enough. So script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Brett Ewins, letting robot Bill Nuttall. So Rogue prepares to get down with the Romeos and the Scans as Nort Sonic Cannons Cannon rock Fort Nero. I'm one of the coolest bad guys ever who has a bullet head and a fucking spyglass eye and a tube going into his mouth and mm-hmm. the fucking like breathing apparatus. God, he's just such a bad guy. Yeah, most people just sort of disregard it, but the Norts know that it's a signal to their various sleeper cells inside the fort to kill Rogue. But whatever! It's time for the dance. (laughs) Apparently the sleeper cells are hot babes. I mean, you gotta have... I mean, if there's one thing I've learned from spy movies and television shows, it's that many spies are hot babes. There was just a freaking Jennifer Lawrence movie about this. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good film. I I, that film. <laughs> I didn't see it, but whatever. Um, so, Dancing Queen contest is presented by the ABC Warfare and ABBA Warfare units. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Scan Beauties Brit, Agnetha, and Ingrid list their likes and dislikes. Ag- Agnetha. And Rogue dances to Super Trooper. Please see the opening music for episode 58 of Space Spinner 2000. <laughs> oh, shit. Abba. But the Romeos are getting jealous, so Rogue snags Bagman and prepares to head home. But Brit, who has won the Dancing Queen contest, claims one last dance with Rogue. But as she does, she reveals herself to be a Nort agent with a microblaster. Oh, my God. She's got a microblaster chest. What are you going to do, bro? 
Well, in an action-packed page with no less than 22 <laughs> panels on it. Um, I firmly enjoy what they did here. Bagman, because Rogue doesn't even have a gun or anything like that anymore. He lost Gunner way back in the Frank sector. So Bagman dispenses a micro mine and then Rogue dances Brit onto that mine, which explodes and then kills her. <laughs> oh, God. And then everyone's just real shocked in a yeah. waft sort of way. Well, not only does it kill her, Fox, but it kills the mood of the disco. Oh, oh that is the worst offense you it's could do. They're not pretty even good. About killing her. They're <laughs> like, you killed the situation. Yeah. Uh, so Bagman is arrested and Rogue is forced to move on now with no weapons or equipment. Oh, real bad situation. So we, totally. So we go to uh, Prague 303 because Rogue takes 302 off. And he's mm-hmm. now, and now the, we sort of recap the head of the ROM camp taking Bagman and kicking Rogue out. The two robe runners, uh, offer to help him, but they're too low on power to be effective. Rogue takes them to the robotic wor- uh, workshop, which is now a tanning salon slash hairdresser, where he oh, charges them bad. up. <laughs> but because he charges them up, this makes them magnetically charged, and they're soon, they just become big magnets and they just suck up all of the, like, random pieces of metal and random junk from the hair salon so now they're just covered in spikes hey <laughs> um, that seems useful yeah whatever so they so they all get kicked out finally of the scan the rob and the rom sectors rogue moves and sets up a base deep in the fort neuro chem swamp where he sends the robe out the robes out on recon missions to different camps Rob S. Pierre returns with news that from the Frank sector, the Emperor has returned! What is the Emperor? Who is the Emperor? Why Je is suis like Napoleon. Napoleon. Um, he's brought oh. his old guard, too. What does it mean? It means the Nords are making a move. Let's head to Frank sector! So, I don't know if you know this, Fox, but there was a point where, uh, Nap- where Napoleon was exiled to the island of Elba, which is like in the mm. southern Atlantic. And at one point, before he died, he basically came back to France for a brief period where, um, like, all the French, you know, all the people who had been kicked, who had been kicked out of power when Napoleon was deposed came back into power and Napoleon was emperor for a little bit, but then he got sort of kicked out again, basically. So. Yeah. This is what's happened again. Napoleon's returned. Aw, oh, snap. What's he going to do? Yeah. Who's going to be his friends? Uh, for more information on Napoleon returning from Elba, read the first quarter of The Count of Monte Cristo. Anyhow. Oh, <laughs> so Rogue Trooper goes to confront this Napoleon as we cut to the Nort base and confirm that he is, in fact, one of their dirty tricks. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're t- it's stooped to no lows. They're taking advantage lows. All lows. They're taking advantage of the Frank's particular insanity to take them down. Uh, you know what my favorite part of uh, of this neo Napoleon is? Mm. They just his always has his hand. <laughs> He's got a Pope mobile and his hands always inside of his coat. It's a good it's a good twofer. Um it's where you hide your super gun yeah Rogue runs all night and manages to arrive in the Frank sector just in time to see the start of the Nord betrayal Napoleon is going to give a signal to attack and so they've got to fight but maybe these newly spiky Rogue runners can cut them down to size oh stay sharp next time stay sharp I fucking love that 
It's pretty silly. Oh man, fun, uh, good dancing stuff, and then just like weird French stuff going on. I'm I'm digging Fort Nero, buddy, a lot. I'm I'm getting into it, man. I definitely like that there is this change of pace nearly every single uh, prog, where it's like, all right, we're not sticking around this too much, but we're gonna get real silly with it. Fort Nero definitely feels like the silly road trooper. Yeah, absolutely. Episode ninety four. Progs 306 to 308, February and March 1983. 304, Rogue Trooper. So, script robot for Rogue Trooper, Jerry Finley Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, letter robot Bill Nuttall. Do you know what I learned this episode, Conrad? Mm. If I just put spikes all over my armor, I win all land-based battles i think it you definitely do if you're fighting guys where the smallest puncture causes them to instantly die you know i.e thorns aura is the best aura i mean if you're on new earth yeah definitely all i'm saying is thorns is just generally better return damage dog <laughs> anyhow um it's the frank sector in fort nero the nords have infiltrated under the guise of a returning emperor napoleon up until they behead a dude. Yeah, well, okay, so first of all, exhausted from running to the sector. Yeah, uh, but he has no weapons. Rogue sends his spike-covered robe runner buddies to start to stop the assault as Napoleon goes to knight the Frank commander, but instead cuts off his head with his last sword, which is a symbol signal for the assault to begin. Ah, uh, snap! Everybody's in shock, but also there's Nord Troopers. Luckily, uh, while everybody else is stunned, the Rogue Runners plow through the Nord Old Guard, destroying their suits and exposing them to New Earth air, which kills them instantly. Which, uh, fight- I will note, is currently only two robots. Roger yeah. and Robespierre. Yeah, absolutely. Two. This is important. There's only two. Robespierre, right yes. Um... So the fight begins in earnest, and you see Rogue, he doesn't have any weapons or anything like that, just ripping open so dude's suits dudes. and stuff. He's punching them and, like, ripping out their respirators, basically. He gets confronted by the fake Emperor, but the hated Corsican is shot before he can attack Rogue. But who fired that shot? Buddy, it's Gunner. Aw, uh, hell yeah. Take me off this wall and let's go shooting some Nords, bro. Yeah, GI and Rifle are reunited and it's time to fight off these anti-Republican Norton Vaders. <laughs> Why the hell not? Let's just shoot some dudes, man. Yeah. That's what I was born to do. Yeah, Rogue, the Robes, and the Franks are uh, are able to quickly take down the old guard. And without those infiltrators, they can easily push back the Norton attackers. So, could this victory bring the Franks back to their senses? <gasps> no way, dog. They're strapping guillotines to the back of Rogue Runner of Rogues. Um, Rogue asks for help with the other sectors, because the Norts are probably going to attack there, too. And the Franks... And they're like, nah. No way. They're isolationists, buddy. They do, however, agree to let Rogue take all the Rogue Runners with him. And after a day of training and applying spikes to their chassis... Rogue, Gunner, and the Robes, including the two guillotine guys, head off to the Limey Sector, and not a moment too soon, as it appears it's the Nort's next target. I.e., robots once again become the highest contributor in terms of freedom to all of human cause. Yeah, liberty, uh, uh, fraternity, beep, boop, beep. Uh (laughs) 
I would have said autonomy, but we're Whoa. good. Yeah, whatever. Um, it's a peaceful evening at the Limey family holiday camp. The vid show oh, is God, the two Rotkins. Yeah. It's uh, the, the two, it's a reference to the two Ronnies, I believe, which is a TV show. Um, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> and uh, the Norts are tunneling their way under the walls into the camp. Rogue and his robe buddies bump into some limeys going for a midnight feast when suddenly the ground starts to cave in and it's the Nord Drillbots! But the worst case scenario is that they're drilling and then they just drop a bunch of Rob bots into there and they're yeah. like, oh, we're just going to cut your suits. And yeah, they're like, the, oh, fuck, maybe we shouldn't have done this. The ground gives way and uh, the Rogue Runner Rog... Rog air falls through the ground and basically just apparently has fallen in there and like killed a dozen dudes instantly, basically. Which I'll say, hey, hats off to you, man. Right oh, oh, that's good. Cause speaking of which, the hunter, the hunter crew shows up and they save Rogue, uh, 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 Roger and they give Rogue Helm back. All right. Oh, snap hat, Joe. Hats off indeed! <laughs> but so, it's pretty easy once they realize the attacks are coming in for them to collapse the tunnels and kill all these Norse invaders so the Lime East so e sector is safe so that uh, Rogue and the Robes are able to head out to the Rom and Scan sectors just as the boys at the Rom sector see a carnival full of dark-eyed dolls and their uh, dark-eyed tanks, I'd imagine. This is kind of my favorite one of them it's just a bunch of ladies in sexy like atmosphere control suits like they got butts that's what i'm trying to say on tank <laughs> cannons yeah they then and they're rolling in on what are obviously tanks with flowers draped on them and and the romeos are like whoa look check out those gams all right <laughs> hey check out those guns you know what i mean right whoa hey hey how many <laughs> How many millimeters are in that cannon? Oh! <laughs> so, Rogue tries to start back, but the Romeos are reluctant to shoot ladies. Luckily, the girl soldiers of the scan sector feel no such compunction. And, uh, and suddenly are slightly spurned from the yeah. fact that these Romeos... Yeah, they're fickle. Now they'll look at just about anything. Yeah, so now the uh, now the scan ladies, uh, girl soldiers have showed up with their lazookas, and they're killing these man stealing hussies, man stealing brazen hussies. <laughs> but they're not going to stick around. They ain't going to be no hoe. Well, yeah, you know, or you know, they aren't interested in these scrubs from the rock from the uh, from the rom sector. That's what I'm going to say. That's um, dude. I don't want no scrub. Yeah. Scrub is a guy who ain't getting no love from me. Hanging yeah. on the passenger side of the best of man's best friend's ride. Best friend's robo tank. Um, whatever. Anyhow, um, yeah, they give <laughs> as the fish. as the ladies of Scan leave, they present Rogue with a gift. It's Bagman all wrapped up in a gift okay. wrap. So I'm going to tell you. Well, mm-hmm. he may be embarrassed. That's very sweet. What a I nice gift from these ladies after they blew all these fucking people up with the lazooka and stuff. They, they had the foresight to say, you know what? We were wrong. Mm-hmm. Out of everybody in the entire sector, this is what I will tell you. Did men show up to this situation? No. It no, was those, ladies. Yeah, the, those tense troopers. guys all stayed behind for sure. <laughs> and yet they still wanted to take the time to give something back to the person that saved their sector. Yeah, totally. Maybe the only ones who were actually thankful. 
Plus, like, Bagman was the least, was the worst behaved of all the chips in the various sectors. I mean, he killed somebody. Strong agreement. (laughs) It was a, it was a, it was a Nort plant, but still. Um, anyhow, it's Bagman, and he immediately comes in handy as a tank goes on a suicide run, and he's able to to get a grenade. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty funny how um, both Gunner and Bagman are immediately come back and save Rogue's life, and Helm doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, there's not like, like it's not like Rogue gets Helm it's back and he gets shot in the head. It. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's actually that's a bummer for Helm. Um. Yeah. <laughs> or 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 like Rogue's gonna have a really bad night of sleep and snips <laughs> pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the invasion is halted, and the scans all break up with the ROMs, and man, I'm real bummed the term emo doesn't exist anymore, because, or it d- doesn't exist yet in 1983, because I feel like this could be... The, every they're real down in the dumps here. Um, the Nords are getting pissed, as it, though. As it turns out, these Romeos are actually very, very much, maybe, into these people that they might have misjudged. In their situation where, you know, yeah, you can enjoy a woman riding on a tank with flowers and laurels. Uh-huh. But is it worth it? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, Any, I, anyhow, I Fox. <laughs> Learn from their mistakes, boys. If if you're in a relationship, second-guess yourself. Second-guess okay. yourself. If a woman riding on a tank comes into your life, is that really what you want? I know it's what I want, but anyhow, uh, the, <laughs> the Norts are getting pissed by all the, by all their plans getting foiled. Enough of these well, games. At dawn, we strike from the air. Scumbaging time. Yeah, well, if they had water, but instead they're going to fight. Yeah, so, yeah, break out those ha- those hang gliders. It's time to fight. Next time, swamped. <laughs> Scum Legion, bro. I'm in to see what the Scum Legion got, because so far we've seen the Sun Legion, and we've seen the Pill Water yeah, people. Yeah, it's good. I think we're going to, yeah. We're getting towards the end of uh, of uh, Fort Nero, and I'm pretty stoked for this climax here. It's getting good. Yeah. I'll tell you what. You know what I love? I love Rogue running up to a tank and throwing some grenades inside that tank, and then that tank exploding. It's pretty good. Got to agree. Episode 96. Progs 309 to 312. March and April 1983. Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. Yeah, yeah, it's just dead-ass noise. That's right. Script by Jerry Finley Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, and Brett Ewins, letter robot Bill Nuttall and Peter Knight. So, okay, Fort Nero, we're getting to the end here. Rogue, now re-equipped, makes camp in the chem swat, in the chem swamp of Fortress Naropa. As we reach the end of the story, yeah, so he's got an army of rogue runners, and they're all camping out as Nort ships make their way to the chem clowns. Yeah, they drop giant pill-shaped landing crafts, the rogues, and the robes ride out to meet them, expecting their spiky bodies to carry the day. But instead, they just get ripped apart by giant bipedal robots. Robots called called amucks! Oh no! (laughs) running amok they're beating they're yeah. in the background of one of them they're beating uh, a robe with its own arm they're definitely just ripping the hell out of these robe runners um 
It looks bad, and even Ru- uh, Rob S. Pierre and Roger are destroyed. Things look bad for Rogue. He's down to his last mag, when suddenly, from behind them, it's the Franks! Oh, uh, snap, and they just, like, shoot some bros, but that's not all. Yeah, they fall upon the Norts and quickly realize that their bicorn hats make them easy targets and ditch them. The ro- the ro- the Roms show up as well. They're getting they're uh, through getting their hair styled. Now it's time to fight. Could the crazies have seen the light? Yeah, the, probably. Probably, yeah. The uh, the Limeys also arrive, ditching their holiday gear, as do the Scan ladies with their lazookas. The Scans, by the way, never really had to change anything. They just sort of had to have other people not react to the fact that they're like uh, se- sexy girl ladies. soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, um, the uh, so the the people of Fort Nero seem to be more military minded as the Nord assault is defeated. The- man. It's just like the legs of some of these robots left. Seriously. The remaining Nort Commander General Wagner calls for a frontal assault, but it's easily repelled by the new by the newly reunited fortress. Europa, curse you, rogue trooper! And, like, even as a note, when he loses, mm-hmm. like, whatever, one of the general's aides is like, man, he's looking close to breaking down because, note, this will be important later. Indeed. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, man, so, then this bad yeah, so, shit happens. Well, yeah, no, sorry. Then a, a few days later, Rogue is ready to head out and learns that the Rogue Runners have been repaired, and now they're all biker bots with bandanas and gorilla hangers. It's a new they're, day, baby. <laughs> dude, it's pretty great, man. They're just like, we're just coming through to say hi, but we gotta go because these hogs must ride. <laughs> Rogue heads out through the shield walls. He plans to take down General Wagner just for old time's sake, but sees it being but he sees it being pulled away in a straitjacket. Blue warriors have driven him mad. Well, I guess I'll just let him live in madness instead of kindly murdering him so that he doesn't live out the rest of his days in like this crazy ass state. Hey man, you know you don't mercy kill your your out al- your 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 enemies. That's allies only, dude. I'm just saying that his reasoning is he's already uh, being punished. No reason to kill him. Uh, I'm not gonna kill a guy who's gone crazy. It's like yeah, that's a. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to live in a straitjacket the rest of his life. Hey, that's up for the Norts to deal with, man. I'm. It's not my job. That's fair. Um, I wonder if they've got good health care. I mean, you know, they'll make you a cyborg or something. They help the Trader General, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, why not? So, Rogue and the Chips are out in the wilderness, far from Fort Nero, as the Chips complain about not having any action in the last story, because they were all, <laughs> you know, shared around and stuff the whole time. Man, some of them liked that. Yeah, they were, they were there to get R&R, by the way. Um, yeah. Suddenly, there's a radar ping. It's a missile! Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a super slow missile, but it's clearly locked on to Rogue. As Rogue runs, the missile speeds up. Speeds up. It's a heart-seeking missile, and it's homing in on Rogue's heart, uh, pulse rate. So what do you do? You ditch your stuff and yeah. keep on running. Yeah, so it could run faster, but then it turns out the missile starts tracking the chips instead. So a super disheveled Rogue grabs his stuff <laughs> and falls into an abyss. Gotta grab the... Uh, walls of this thing and oh man luckily that just 
fucked with this rocket really yeah. bad. Well, because the missile follows him into the abyss, but then gets, like, jammed into some rocks, basically. It allows Rogue to climb down and check its tracking thing to see that it's tracking both him and all the chips. And then breaks it through free to travel down to the bottom of the hole and explode. Hooray! I didn't die from a missile designed specifically to murder me. Hey, that's more than most of us can say. I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> another speak for yourself. Whoa! Fox died to a missile. Um, <laughs> another another craft appears on the horizon. It's the ship of our old buddies, Brass and Bland, war profiteers and hat wearers. Super great bowler hats. Super yeah. great style. Definitely. They apparently knew about this missile and looking to see if it got, if there was any uh, salvage left with Rogue has been killed, but they got to move out because there's another GI that's about to go up for sale. And, and man, oh man, we've got to go to, I guess, the Junker's Paradise. Yeah. Rogue, apparently able to hear this conversation inside the uh, Brass and Bland ship, um, <laughs> decides to follow them. It's pretty great. He yeah. has to go to this, like, cool... Uh, meetup of all these salvage people Definitely. who are all weird aliens with cool uh, different armor and stuff like that. It's neat. Yeah, at the yeah, so it's at the auction. Um, Brass and Bland are sort of going through all these different like things coming out. There's a couple fun lots, like a bunch of like never worn chem suits, talking <laughs> metals, just all the general junk that you sort of pick up around a futuristic battlefield. Um, talking metals. Yeah, like, hey guys, I'm a, me- I'm a metal. Um, but it turns <laughs> out they bring out the lot, and it's a genetic infantryman officer's handgun in awesome. working order with a biochip. Oh, marked with an M. Yeah, betting is bidding is fierce until someone bids a single seal burster. It's rogue. He's- yeah. In other words, uh, I'm holding you all hostage. Yeah, he sort of does the Return of the Jedi thing, where he's holding a thermal detonator. Um, but he's, yeah, he says, I'll take this gun, and uh, screw you guys, I'm out. And then they're just like, alright, well, I guess uh, one auction droid in need of repair. Yeah, I should say that he was, uh, he, he Return of the Jedi to this particular conversation. Um, anyhow... <laughs> Anyhow, they uh, es- they escape, and eventually they're out in the wilderness, and the chips check out the weapon. Hey, does it talk? You bet it does. I'm Major Magnum, and from now on, you take orders from me. <laughs> I love how all of these chips are fucking so aptly named. That's right. Next time, Death on Microchip Mountain. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm real, I, I, you know, major, yeah, again, listen, every, every genetic infantryman is not just named for what they do in life, but also <laughs> for how they will die and what will happen to them afterwards. It's, 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 for, you know, they, they got prophecies, I guess, whatever. <laughs> the, the prophecy of the blue. Yeah. I mean, when they make them, you get a prophecy comes with, it's like, it's like when you crack open the pod that has the GI and it's also got like a fortune cookie, um, message <laughs> that like tells you what to name them because what, what, what their life will be. Okay. You know? If this, if, if that were 100% true, I would love this comic so much more. Just adding like this nice little fantasy sci-fi <laughs> element of just some psychic auger of a <laughs> baby capsule sadly not quite true anyhow <laughs> yeah you know this always lets down your dreams episode 97 progs 313
to 316. April and May 1983. Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. Oh man, let's develop this character to be a questionable entity. <laughs> Real good. Script about Jerry Finley Day. Art robot Brett Ewins and Cam Kennedy. Letting robot Bill Nuttall. So yeah, man, uh, Major Magnum, biochip officer and pistol, is showing off his stuff to Rogue to Rogue and the Chips by destroying oxygen bottles. Quite like, oh, what if someone needed that oxygen? Ah, screw that, buddy. <laughs> you're either in or you're out. This is a war. Yeah, Magnum takes a dim view of traitors and deserters, which, uh, you know, Rogue and the Chips are definitely deserters. Just ah, don't tell them. Shut up! But <laughs> the, but this conversation is interrupted by signs of a battle nearby at a Pueblo pyramid, which is a solar-celled pyramid thing. Kind of cool. Yeah, Rogue heads out, marching for hours as the Major yells at him the whole time, and arrives at the pyramid to find it mostly broken and in the middle of an active conflict. Oh, man. Yeah, he bumps into some Souther soldiers, and we learn the Nords have. This is fucked. Yeah, well, he, they they they've they've taken over the place. They've they've fortified the different slopes and stuff, and they call it the Microwave Mountain. And they're quickly taken to a central command of like the assault on Microwave Mountain, where there's like a lieutenant in charge. And Magnum immediately takes command from the lieutenant, and his first order is for the lieutenant to use Major Magnum to pistol whip every one of his soldiers for cowardice. Like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) That's not a... Don't, you don't, you don't inspire loyalty by pistol whipping dudes, I know that, you know? (laughs) It's just like fucking not cool, man. No, Major Magnum is a jerk. Oh, but I should say, yeah. Yeah, total dick bag, total dick chip. Uh, we haven't been mentioning <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been mentioning it, Fox. But all these stories start with a real. I, I think it's a pretty cool, like Brett Ewan's, just like picture of Rogue Trooper, like sort of like yeah. hanging out and looking cool. Like it's got a dark background and it's very like sort of here's a cool like Rogue Trooper pinup. Um, also, I should say that uh, all the biochips have skulls in them, and Major Magnum's skull is smoking a cigar, which I think is also pretty funny. Like, he's just smoking a cigar in his biochip. That's um, how you know he's hardcore about war. Absolutely. So, after a few pistol whippings, Rogue sort of puts an end to it and says, like, hey, I'll show these guys how to be brave by assaulting Microwave Mountain myself. But mostly just to stop the pistol Mostly, whipping. yeah. Mostly just to stop the pistol whippings. Um, <laughs> so... Rogue uh, goes out that night to do so, sneaking around and taking out the Nords silently. Um, But Magnum ain't got time for that and starts shouting for situation reports, which alert the Nord guards. Just like, really, you're just trying to get people killed? It's super, like, being a jerk thing of like, like, what's Rogue doing up there? Let's genetically modify you to be less of a fucking loudmouth. How about that? And Lieutenant's like, dude, you gotta be quiet. You're gonna alert everybody. Rogue's up there being sneaky. He's like, what? Speak up! We gotta start shooting! Oh, God damn it! (laughs) And then, you know, that that alerts a Nord guard. Magnum shoots the guard, but surprise is lost. And so just a massive assault on the pyramid begins. Uh, There's heavy fighting everywhere. Rogue eventually arrives at the top of the pyramid. And it looks like the uh, battle has been won or has been finished, basically, by the Norts and Southers killing each other completely. They've wiped each other out. 
there's there's one yeah there's one survivor and that's like a nort radio guy who's just got an emergency breath mask on and is quickly dying and major magnum held in a dead man's hands who's heard that reports that rogue trooper is a traitor and man now he's gonna shoot rogue himself for being a deserter which come on man this guy is no good. And so it's a standoff. Uh, Rogue wants to help the dying Nort just so he doesn't have to die in like agony as the chemical, as the chemical air of New Earth like eats him alive, basically. Yeah. But, uh, Magnum won't let him. Magnum then tries to bribe the other chips like Bagman, Gunner, and Helm into betraying Rogue in the, with the offer of being regened and regiven their, uh, their bodies back, but they refuse. Yeah, so, of course. Because like they don't want to give up their buddy, and like Magnum is a jerk. You don't choose a jerk over your buddy. Then Never. finally, uh, Gunner shoots on his own and manages to uh, shoot Magnum out of the dead man's hands. And oh. he lands on the ground, shooting ineffectually and bitching like a child. And eventually running out of ammo. So... Mm-hmm. What's to be done? The answer, Rogue gets out items 10 and 69. Nice. From Bagman. (laughs) (laughs) Removes Magnum's biochip and then puts the chip into a chip case and then turns that chip case into a Souther salvage squad where he'll be taken back to Millicom Command and stuff like that. But seriously, get that back fast, because that shit degrades. Seriously. Yeah. He, uh, He keeps the pistol for himself, just in case. And why not? Yeah, and then Rogue heads out into the wastes of New Earth, the giant wormhole overhead. Time to keep moving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so our final Rogue Trooper story starts some weird uh, world building. It's a, it's a world building story with uh, with art by Cam Kennedy this time. We see explorers arriving in New York, New Earth, and it's all nice. And we flash forward to modern times, which all war-torn and crappy. Uh, once again, trying to figure out the chemical that renders Rogue unconscious, a squad of Nort technical dudes is just set up an ambush with darts tipped with a whole bunch of different kinds of toxins. Yeah, it's like a it's a special squad that's now out to get him, and there's yeah. 24 known species that will actually, from from this area that they've narrowed it down to being one of these 24, so they just have 24 dudes. Yes, yeah, so they just porcupine them with all these different blow darts of oh, the different toxins. Horrible. So, one of them works and he passes out, which is nice. But which um, one, I guess, don't know. Who knows? Um, but anyhow, hey, Fox, I'm like one of these North Soldier guys. I sure wonder if, like, you know, there's this toxin that can mess with Rogue. I wonder if there's some other weird plant or animal life around here on New Earth, uh, right? Oh, man, Conrad, I'm another North Soldier, and it's like, dude, everything is fucking, like, double dead here. Why are you even worried about it? These are caves aren't even fucking, it don't matter. Stack, one of our men's been killed, but how? Oh, jeez, there's a New Earth monster that's gonna kill us all! Shoot ineffectually and you discovered he's dead later. Keep shooting ineffectually, oh, we're dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rogue eventually comes to, uh, manages to see the aftermath of that particular conversation, and then heads out, like, whoa, that's weird. Anyhow, time for the next adventure. <laughs> really? Like, that's his experience, like... They have so much dialogue around him talking to other people, but it's really just him saying, like, whoa, that's Yeah, that's he weird. sees, some, he sees some footprints, decides not to follow them, and heads out. <laughs> Seems like a good choice. Yeah. Next time, beware the bio wire. All right.
right then. Yeah, but I thought Major Magnum was a pretty fun story, dude. It's good. Um, like I don't know, maybe gives you some more depth about the about, about the the, the uh, genetic the GIs, I guess. Um, I agree. And mostly just like a good like yeah like just uh, more examples of rogue actually like literally being rogue and like rejecting authority and stuff which well, you know we actually don't see that much despite the name jerks yeah uh, yeah definitely also just another one of these things of like you know uh, as much as like the norts are clearly like nazis with like kkk inspired hoods and stuff like <laughs> The Southers aren't exactly good guys. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, no, no. The military-industrial complex of both sides seems to have some... Uh, yeah, neither one is, is all that super. <laughs> no, and they're pretty shitty to all of their troops. It's just that one side seems a bit more brainwashed than the other. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it feels like they're setting up for a future... Future adversarial character. Which I'm Indeed, into. yeah. Major Magnum will return, although I forget when, but it's going to happen. Anyhow. <laughs> Episode 98. Progs 317 to 320. May and June 1983. Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. <laughs> that. That's real good. Best. That's real good. Ever, no, that was great. Because we got Millicom memories here, man. Um, so, God. just a quick one to start here. Um, sorry, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Cam Kennedy, letting robot Bill Nuttall. Um, so we start off, there's a platoon of Souther soldiers making their way behind Nort lines. They get to a section of barbed wire, and the sergeant guy like lays across it to let his troops walk over him to, to, to progress. But suddenly the wire comes alive! And it kills just everybody yeah it like the cook of the platoon it chokes and kills the whole the, the, the whole platoon except for the cook who is soon found by rogue trooper and you know the guy's named cookie and he's just in full shell shock mode he only survived because he was like sort of lagging behind because he had to carry the las cooker which is this kind of like i don't know like laser instapot that he's carrying around. just just so you know conrad like a platoon mm-hmm. is like at yeah. minimum twenty eight people. Okay, so it's a squad. It's a, it's a squad, but you know no, what I mean. I, I'm just saying it, it either killed like thirty nine ish. Killed a bunch of people. people. Yeah, and he's the or last survivor. Like five. Yeah, and but he, the squad had a cook. Yeah, it, he's he's real shell shocked. Uh, Rogue decides to help him and blows a path through the wire with grenades and then carries Cookie on his shoulders through this just forest of angry barbed wire coming after him. It's awesome. It's real good. Like, just the pictures of this are real cool. And the cover depicting this is also really neat of just, like, Rogue booking it while this guy who looks kind of spaced out is, like, carrying this big, like, kind of walk thing up up, up, up on his shoulders and stuff. Do you know what isn't awesome, though, Conrad? Uh, a fucking me- stupid board game about Weedabay. Moving on. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, they sur- they survive, but they land right in the arms of a Nort patrol who take them oh, prisoners shit. and force Cookie to cook them dinner. They're preparing to send them back to Nort High Command when suddenly all the Norts choke because some bio-wires accidentally gotten inside the Laz cooker and then it has grown and eats its way out inside of these Nort troopers. Ripping their way out of their You can see mouth. it like coming out of their mouths and stuff. Oh, it's real That's terrifying. Awesome. <laughs> and so Cookie is like, I, I killed him. I got revenge. 
Uh, soon, the free Rogue and Cookie call his Souther out. Atmo Craft and Rogue heads out. Cookie will get picked up and get the psych care he needs. His war is over, which is, you know, at just, least he's out. But man, that's a, this is a rough story. Cookie because that was an invasion murder. Totally. It's, like, I just don't know how active he was about it because I can't tell if he, like, took Biowire pieces and then fed it to the Nords or if it just happened accidentally. Um, but I, that was I on. I care less about the specifics and more that Biowire crawled out of a man's mouth, yeah. murdering was, him from the inside. If it was on and purpose, that was that's when, that's 100% some Bill Savage shit. Episode 87. 2000 AD Annual 1983. Thrill 6. Rogue Trooper. I, so, I will tell you this much. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, uh, Alan Moore was part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly my favorite Alan Moore comic book in 2000 AD. Interesting. So like, I mean, I... uh, in a real sense, just from like a visual perspective, which I imagine knowing Moore's kind of taste, but also how it ends. It's just, yeah, it's like, got some stuff. I don't, yeah, I would, I, I would disagree, but, um, there's no account, you oh. know, everybody's got their own. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Come at me, bro. I mean, I like that Holiday in Hell one. That was the first one, but that was really good. And oh, honestly, I like that. And kid like, what ate dog food, or no? Yeah, yeah, dog food. And then I like the one where the uh, the the, su- the supervillain academy. That's a really good one. Oh, I thought. that's really good. That is yeah. well. Okay. Anyhow, yeah, but you know, they're all good. You know, they're all good. Kind of, you know, so, no, he's, uh, a weirdo. master of the form, dude. But so yeah. Uh, script robot Alan Moore, art robot Brett Ewins, uh, letting robot Bill Nuttall. Lots of Alan Moore this this annual. We see mm. a young Souther with Pray for War written on his helmet doing a solitary scouting mission behind Nort lines. I want to say also that because, just because of Brett Ewan's art, there's a lot of, and, um, and this guy's, um, helmet that says Pray for War on it, it's a very bad company feeling start as well. Oh, which, absolutely. Well, Fox, you, you aren't going to get that for like 200 more progs, but just FYI to everybody. But, <laughs> wait, but you, Played Bad Company, right? I mean, I sort of thought it was all no, just not the like band, delicious. dude. The thrill oh. that we're going to get to eventually. Oh, it's going to oh, be good. Okay. okay, now I'm actually kind of excited. Sorry, I don't want to spoil you. I'm I'm trying not to spoil you too much. I just mentioned him a lot when, when Brett Brett Ewan just draws these Rogue Trooper ones. Um, You're a beautiful boy. Let's yeah, keep I'm going. Tr- trying my best, but so. uh Pray for war, scouting behind uh, Nort lines. He's quickly caught unaware by Rogue Trooper. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) The two of them team up and head for the safety of the Twisted Zone. And as they, um, and they share their different views of the war, Rogue is, of course, weary of conflict, while Pray for War loves the fighting, hence the helmet. And he's a bit of a weirdo. But guess what's even weirder? Yeah, they come across a pack of Waldos, which is a weird. Doom esque inspired, beautiful uh, everything. Yeah, they're, they're these weird baby dudes in ostrich like domed walker things. Uh, and one of them attacks. Uh, Rogue's gun right. doesn't work, but he tosses a liquid oxygen bomb at it, freezing it and allowing him to smash the dome and killing it instantly. All thanks to Bagman, who's like, hey, man, guess what? They're real weak to this shit. And he's like, I'll use my elemental powers. Yeah. Well, you know, ba- that's Bagman, man. He's J-O-T-S, Johnny on the spot. Um, oh, shit. It, it turns out that the Waldo pack was the was was outriders for a Nort convoy full of women and children. 
Which, hey, you know what? It's Christmas time. Yeah. They gotta go and see their families. Now they're going back. Yeah, they're on their way to visit their fathers for Christmas. And, you know, this is sort of to remember our time frame that usually annuals were given out, like, as mm. um, Christmas gifts. It's um, beautiful. So it's a good, like, crossover kind of thing here. Uh, pray for war, wants to take down the convoy, but Rogue objects because it's women and children and stuff. The two men fight. Uh, PFW grabs Gunner, and the rifle won't shoot Rogue, so he decides to use it as a, as a club, gripping it by the barrel and going to smash a Rogue, which is a bad wrong idea. Wrong idea. Yeah, really <laughs> wrong. Um, Gunner is bummed for having killed Pray for War, but Rogue says that Gunner only killed part of him. The real part, his humanity, had been killed long ago by the war. I actually, uh, if there is something that I think Rogue Trooper is going for in terms of um, narrative, I think someone mm-hmm. who, uh, so I've, I've never been able to 100% connect with Rogue Trooper this, the way that, say, you have, I think that the way that the general community has, mm-hmm. um, given the time that most of the people who read this grew up, sure, um, this definitely hits that with a way that I feel like you see this guy who rogue rogue is always trying to protect Souther's, yeah, and in this case can't because this person is dick, <laughs> yeah. For sure. And I, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this a lot for that reason. Yeah. And also I mean, Cyber Babies. Yeah, the Waldos were pretty awesome. They have a very, like, a Modoc feel to me, I guess. Yes. But, like, yeah, I agree that, um, you know, we've, we've honestly had this kind of scenario before in Rogue oh, yeah, Trooper where he helps a, uh, a Souther, but then something happens and they, and he ends up having to kill that Souther as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like pray, the Pray for War character did a decent job of sort of building up, like, how sort of war has twisted him in a certain way that makes him be like, oh, like, you know, yeah, like when, when, when Rogue talks about him already being dead because he's a soldier, you can, you can kind of see it a little bit more than we've seen in the past sometimes. I think it's a bit more personal than, like, a group of people or even just like a, yeah. a sergeant and rogues the last of the fucking whatever's mm-hmm. yeah it's, I agree. it's it's just kind of like i'm rescuing a guy turns out to not be the guy i know it's completely predictable in that circumstance but like how dark the dude gets and i yeah. liked it yeah i agree episode 103 2000 ad annual 1984 thrill 10 rogue trooper <laughs> um and uh, script robot for this one's Alan Moore, art robot Jesus Redondo, letter robot Steve Potter. Yeah, so Rogue Trooper, this is um, Jesus Redondo's only uh, Rogue Trooper story, I think. Um, he's definitely yeah. you know, not a main artist it's, for it's, it. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of an odd choice. I mean, you sort of mentioned that sort of like Dave Gibbons was probably, well, he'd already left Rogue Trooper by that point. So, I mean, I yeah. guess... Uh, it's mostly like Brett... Would have been. Brett Ewins Brett and Ewins Cam and Kennedy, Kennedy are doing most of it, yeah, at the moment. Um, and I think uh, Bouda is is, uh, is is doing a little bit. He does like four or five, and he did some. In- he he actually did did a really cool story in the sci fi special for Rogue Trooper that had really mm-hmm. like good art for it. A lot of ink washes and stuff like that that were very cool. Um, yeah, but it seems like in these annuals, you basically get Alan Moore doing one Rogue Trooper story and one Robuster stories each annual. He's done for for the last year or two, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why, sort of, uh, you know, whether, because I, mean, I, I would imagine sort of Alan Moore 
whether they were sort of trying him out for it or they just said, oh, you're available or... I feel I mean, like it's pretty unusual. Yeah. It's pretty unusual for him to sort of like to do, you know, like robusters and you know, because Pat. Yeah, I mean, of, it's uh, it, you know, he, pretty much uh, only does his, uh, yeah. you know, his own stories. I mean, he's he only does them in the annual, but I think like this year is his is the third year in a row that he's done a robusters story, and I think it's the second year in a row that he's done um, a rogue trooper story, which are both yeah, yeah, of course, uh, mainly Pat Mills and then and and Jerry Finley Day. So it's sort of interesting they sort of have him on here to do these. I feel like he just like I don't know, they might have just had like spare like spare stories for him to write or something like that. I, it's yeah, I'd be interested to hear so, why he's doing it. You yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's odd because, you know, you don't sort of like think of him as, you know, necessarily being a, a sort of like a, a a great fit for, for Rogue Trooper or not not typical. Yeah, um, it's different than his... I could, it, you could imagine John Wagner maybe doing a Rogue Trooper, or, you know. But. Yeah, he's definitely not someone who I think of as like a fill-in artist or, or a writer that just kind of comes in for like one episode of a story or something like that. I mean, you know, he's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, maybe not just because he does all those all the all the future shocks and, and and time twisters and stuff. So he's doing a lot of one-off work, but not sort of with other people's characters. I guess my I, I mostly think of him yeah. as doing like his own his own characters. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But so. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. With this one, Rogue's like tr- you know on the run for some Norts. He's. Uh, in a series of glass mountains, and he comes across another genetic infantryman. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, some guy with a bandana and a big beard. Yeah, it's like, it kind of it kind of loses it a bit in black and white, to be honest. Though it's true, it's, this uh, would be so 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 amazing if it was an old like hippie guy with like the blue skin in like this crystal landscape and stuff. As it is, it's just sort of like an old guy. And the only yeah. way to tell he's a rogue trooper is just not having like pupils in his eyes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and because his sort of eyes are sort of quite, you know, heavily lidded and sort of closed, you don't really even yeah. see that on the that's true on the first sort of thing. Yeah. I guess it, it might work better if it was, uh, you know, more of a close up of the face. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. It's um, I mean, it uh, you know basically talks about uh, you know he's you know Rogue wasn't the uh, the first GI. There were these prototypes who were basically. You know, anti-war yeah, he, protesters. Yeah, uh, they were drafted in by Millicom, basically, and forced to undergo like the experiments to become ge- genetic inf- in- infantrymen and stuff. Yeah, in- including the Mohican, which <laughs> well, of obviously course. seems to be a, a vital part of. Uh, yeah, that's a it's a low bearing Mohawk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you think if that if that came out, it just all fall apart? Yeah, it's so. you know you don't know. <laughs> it's a weird thing, I guess. But yeah, I think it's kind of interesting just because at this point, we're just sort of starting to, like, we're reaching a point in Rogue Trooper where they're sort of just starting to give us pieces of, like, you know, of the Southers not just being, like, decent, you know, or like of... Yeah, uh, yeah of, there is this other layer of, um, yeah, it's not strictly good guys versus... Yeah. Yeah, good and bad I mean, on both sides. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of an interesting thing in in Moore's story, in Alan Moore's Rogue Trooper story in the in the eighty three annual, which is which is also about like a a Souther trooper had kind of gone like kill crazy, and Rogue had God, to like you know pray for pray for yeah one. yeah. Um, it's an interesting take, I guess, and sort of something like that will certainly you know continue as Rogue Trooper becomes a little bit more of a you know an anti war war story or something like that. Um, yeah. 
But so, yeah, so, you know, we kind of get this old, uh, genetically infantryman. He's been hiding out, you know, he, uh, basically all the GIs died, all the first GIs died except for him in the first day of being dropped on, on New Earth. And he sort of escaped into the mountains. He's been waiting ever since to basically just, just die of, die of old age with dignity. Um, and so as he's sort of reaching the end of his life, I guess there's a, uh, a Nort patrol arrives and Rogue has to ambush them and he fights this massive battle sort of as this old GI, uh, sits cross-legged sort of waiting for death to claim him, I guess. It's, it's, it's an interesting story. I really like the art and just like the, um, yeah. in the fighting and stuff. It's very like, it's got a lot of action going into it. I think it's cool. The thing I, I sort of particularly like, which I'd never really noticed before, is um, you know the, the, the panels in the action sort of uh, sequences are, are very angular and skewed and Dutch. And then that last page where you know the guys died and it's all still, yeah, back to the sort of the, the regular, you know, regular straight panels. Yeah, that's yeah, that that's yeah, it definitely sort of yeah, the action panels look have a little bit more, they're, they're more like dynamic or like in motion yeah. as opposed to yeah, the still moments with the with the old GI as he sort of passes on and stuff. Yeah. Um, at at the end, there's sort of an interesting moment where um, Helm says that Rogue should harvest this guy's um, biochip and and keep him living on, and Rogue sort of decides like, no, this time. We're gonna let this old soldier die instead of just fade away or something like that. And I think that's an interesting, like, it's an interesting call to make, and and also, you know, it, it adds an element to, to, I don't know, Rogue's relationship with the chips or something like that. Like the chips yeah. weren't, you know, how, sort of how Rogue has a different opinion on people dying that, than the chips do, maybe just because they've been kept alive by 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 being biochips. Yeah, I mean, it's um. Yeah, I mean, because like Rogue is sometimes all like you know a bit sketched out, and or some some people say oh he's a bit of a dull character, but it's nice to have him actually do something, you know, rather than just be, mm-hmm. you know, carrying the biochips around. Right. Um, actually, sort of like you know, <laughs> gives gives him sort of like something to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will point out that I mean, the, obviously, I think like in a couple of years or like a year or so. I mean, there are some other prototype GIs. Um, there's a a uh, road trip story called Millicom Me- Memories. Right, right, where, um, what, I, th- I think it was Bagman, like, tries to, um... Yeah. Like... Well, they're, they're sort of, like, young, young GIs, and they find these sort of, like, uh, experiments of, uh, you right. know, sort of, like, GIs that, um... Yeah. You know, that, failed that, experiments. That, yeah, that hadn't quite... Millicom keep, keep hanging around. <laughs> right, until Bagman finds them, and then they, like, get dumped into space, and that's, like, the big yeah. secret that Rogue is keeping, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but Alan wouldn't have known that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, and, and, and it could have iterated like, you know, like now, like, okay, so it worked when we turned a human into a GI, but how about like, you know, these vat grown GIs, <laughs> like the, yeah. we, we got to, you know, put these two pieces of, of, of work together or something like that, you know, it's a nice story and it's sort of, uh, yeah, again, it's it's one of those. So looking at it, it's sort of printed on the sort of like the the crappier paper. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, that would have been nice in color. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, all, it's always a bummer, especially um, in these annuals and stuff, where they maybe have you know where they're selling it for a moderate amount and stuff, where there isn't a chance to like tell stories that 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 are usually in black and white and color. I mean, that was so neat with with Robo Hunter. It's a, it's it's a bummer to not have it for uh for for Rogue. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I guess you know, for whatever reason they decided. I mean, you know, Rogue was like one of those that hardly ever got any sort of color, uh, yeah. you know, pages in the prog. So I guess they were used to it, and so oh well, it's 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's such a weird choice to have a blue color be exclusive, a, a blue character be exclusively <laughs> in black and white. <laughs> the end of Rogue Trooper. Well, not really. Uh, after this, Rogue will continue his adventures on New Earth, finally catching that dang traitor towards the end of the second Rogue Trooper collection. So, top Rogue Trooper moments. The Fort Nero saga, of course, besides the general fun of jokes and stereotypes, I think the storyline and developments of Fort Nero really, Nero really added something to the character of Rogue. He starts the story having lost Gunner and proceeds to lose the rest of the war gear through the tail, leaving him at his lowest, sort of out in those chemical swamps, the only robots for friends. Then, when he starts fighting back, he re-earns his buddies and re-establishes his relationship with them. Plus, there's both guillotine bots and biker bots! <laughs> Next, even though it's only a short story, I think the bio the BioWire story is a really interesting one, mixing raw action, uh, PTSD, and body horror in a quick single-page or single-prog story. Or tail. Biowire is one of those things that would keep coming up in Rogue Trooper, possibly because it's introduced so creepily in this one. Um, finally, for top moments, I have to shout out Alan Moore, of course, for the stories from the annuals. We recently talked about the Redondo story in the 88 Winter Special coverage, but I'll mention it again here. Moore does a great job of actually telling stories with that war as hell uh, pathos that Findlay Day isn't always quite capable of fully grasping. I mean, nothing against the notorious GFD here. I think he does do a really good job of making war be like fun and exciting. And because of that, it makes it hard to then downshift to, oh, but it's also real rough. Because, you know, there's like, I don't know, sentient barbed wire eating its way out of people. Like, that's awesome. You know, I don't know. Um, Finally, I guess I'd say a non-top moment for this one. I might mention Major Magnum, which seems like the first of the side quest type stories in Rogue's Adventures. It's one that doesn't really advance the plot, but does earn Rogue some extra experience points and like a sweet new optional attack, I guess. Um, it's the kind of thing that feels like, again, a, a side quest in a video game as opposed to the main point. And... Rose continued uh, continued attention to these side quests is something that would become frustrating as we went through the later parts of Rogue Trooper. And this is sort of the, the first taste of it. But all right. What did you think of Rogue Trooper Volume 1 Part 3? A mix of humor and action into mixing together into a rich jus of thrill power? Or just more aimless side questing instead of finally getting along with that main plot? Let me know what you think by email at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2080 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages, on Twitter at spacespinner2k for everything else with spacespinner2000. We should be there. You can find spacespinner2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the Google Play Store, or podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon with more awesome 2080 action. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 Collection for Rogue Trooper, Volume 1, Part 3. Splodig Ver 3!